The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. You realize, of course, that we can never be friends. Why not? What I'm saying is, and this is not a come on in any way, shape, or form, is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. I have a number of men friends and there is no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You only think you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? No, what I'm saying is they all want to have sex with you. They do not. Do too. They do not. Do too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail them, too. What if they don't want to have sex with you? Doesn't matter, because the sex thing is already out there, so the friendship is ultimately doomed, and that is the end of the story. Well, I guess we're not going to be friends, then. Guess not. That's too bad. You were the only person that I knew in New York. And that, of course, is from Harry, Med, Sally, Billy, Crystal and Meg Ryan, because we're going back to the great rom-coms of the 1980s. Lisa Cannon, TV presenter and executive producer of Spotlight, is going to do just that. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. I hope it didn't shock everyone with that first clip out of the trap. <laughs> it but is. it wasn't the other clip. It wasn't the other clip, which, uh, yes, yeah, sadly I spared you of. But um, listen, Harry, Met Sally, when you talk about 80s rom-com movies, we, we all love them. Um, and this particular scene that was just played there is the exploration of kind of the male-female relationships. It opened and sparked such debate at the time with discussions and resonated with many people, of course, who are grappling with friendships with male and female counterparts uh, and audiences across generations as well. It's a timeless classic, mm. Harry. Now, now, the scene that we were talking about from which we are not paying a clip is the cat's delicatessen scene. Yes, indeed. I mean, Harry Mazzali is, is such a, an, an interesting... Uh, movie for many, many reasons, but many people only remember the orgasm scene in Cat's Delicatessen. Which is a fake orgasm. It's a fake orgasm. And of course, God love her, if you actually knew the backstory to this, Meg Ryan actually had to film this multiple times. <laughs> Not to play pun on words, but there you go. She had to actually do this many, many times with crew members around and Rob Reiner, phenomenal director. I mean, obviously he's famous for this movie and won Oscars, of course, for it. But um, really and truly, the idea of her having to film that um, with real customers just gives me the shivers. And of course, Rob Reiner's mother, Estelle Reiner, is the very woman at the end who says, I'll have what she's having. But um, it, it was it was an improvised a lot. And of course, it was marked out with the director. But um, Meg Ryan has many times said that although that's the most famous scene in the movie, it was the most difficult to film, yeah. I would imagine. Now, uh, Billy Crystal was uh, improvising a lot of the time. Yes, he was. I loved when he did Begin Pie. That was uh, one of the famous lines he did. Um, loves to improvise. Of course, he's a comedic actor and also started out on SNL and, uh, and a stand-up as well. So one can imagine that the improvisation between the two of them was glorious. And um, the casting is interesting because it actually wasn't cast for Meg Ryan. We had Molly Ringwald in there, who's also a very famous actress of the 1980s, and Elizabeth Perkins. So can you only imagine anyone else but Meg Ryan being in that role? I really, really can't. But the exploration of men and women being friends without romance getting in the way is such an interesting concept. And they, aside from Rob Reiner, who's, as I mentioned, an incredible director, the, um, the film was written by Nora Esfron, who is an incredible um, essay 
write, writer and also had experienced this in her own life. So the observations and experiences of herself is in the writing there as well. And you'll know that uh, Harry Connick Jr. does a lot of the music in it, which I didn't know. But And it wasn't going to be called When Harry Met Sally at all. No, it was going to be called... Boy Meets Girl. No. Doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do it for um, me. And it was hugely popular, uh, made a ton at the box office. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I suppose then other uh, directors thought, yeah, there's money in rom-coms. What other rom-coms do you want to record? Well, when we're looking through the 1980s, I mean, many people probably be, oh, why aren't you saying Dirty Dancing is the one that screams, you know, the most popular in 1987, of course, with Patrick, Patrick Swayze. But there's so many others. We, we can go back through 16 Candles, 1984, directed by John Hughes, which had Molly Ringwald in it as well, Pretty in Pink. The Princess Bride, everyone remembers that, also directed by Rob Reiner, who just did When Harry Met Sally. That's a 1987 cult tale classic. Uh, Working Girl, one of my all-time favourites, starring Melanie Griffith and Harrison Ford. Moonstruck is one that comes up regularly as with well. Cher. With Cher and Nicholas Cage. And of course, she won um, an Oscar for her performance as well. You Mannequin. have another clip. What would you like to play? Um, I think just because we were looking through so many, I mean, you could talk about Splash, you could talk about Romancing in the Stone. I mean, there's so many other ones, but one that to my mind is such a, an interesting romance rom-com because actually had an on-screen presence between Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn is Overboard, one of my favourites. Hey, baby doll. What's for dinner? Okay, I'll take it from here. Go on, get upstairs. Dad, we could trade her in for a new one. Nah, she'll be all right. Come on, guys. Move it. Feel better? I don't belong here. I feel it. Don't you think I feel it? I can't do any of these vile things and I wouldn't want to. My life is like death. My children are the spawn of hell and you're the devil. (laughs) <laughs> it's great. It says it, it flips the usual scenario, you know, sir, um, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, you know, the, the young girl who falls in love with the rich man. Mm. Um, she's the rich woman who falls in love with an ordinary guy. It's brilliant. Have you seen Overboard? Probably have, not in yeah. a long, long time. Not in a time. long time, though. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we're talking about 1989 here now. And again, you know, I was reading some of the Twitter comments. People are saying, even we were talking about Teen Wolf the other week. They're not on regular television anymore. They're really not. You know, it's sad because I'd love the 80s to come back. They they play them now and again. But Overboard is Teen such Wolf a classic. Teen Wolf is on Amazon Prime at the moment. It is, and I think it's on Sky sometimes. But it's, it's something like Overboard which is you know we, we talk about the real ro- life romance between Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell but this is actually a total re- role reversal of the female being the rich witch as it was and then of course Kurt Russell is the carpenter and they fall in love and of course she bangs her head when she goes into the water and of course she has amnesia and then he does use her it's not <laughs> it's a bit misogynistic and sexist but he uses her to um, you know integrate her into his own family raises four boys they fall in love of course and then she finds out yeah. boom her memory comes and back. then art uh, life imitates art uh, life imitates art and they've been together ever since which is quite sweet but um, originally it was Angelica Houston that was meant to play the role of Joanna Staten and uh, she turned it down so Goldie Hawn of course slipped in there but Kurt Russell was famous for all his 
his on-set pranks that he used to do mm. to her. Now, they're still making rom-coms, but uh, the 80s is kind of a golden age. It was a golden age. You know, I mean, the box office success of Overboard was massive, 26 million. People forget that it was kind of a cult status and even at the time was hugely popular. But um, Splash, to my mind, is one of the greats of the 80s. Tom Hanks kind of launched his career. It was a breakthrough role for him. Um, and Daryl Hannah as well. I mean, I don't think there was anyone that didn't fall mm. in love with that mermaid. Yeah, and she had to have a special tale made for her role as the mermaid. Yes, indeed. And of course, you have to look back to when it was you know, pre-CGI and everything as well. So Daryl Hannah had to film all the underwater scenes, which were very tra- challenging, but extensively she had to hold her breath. I think Tom Hanks held his breath for four minutes. They had to train and learn how to do. So all those scenes were were uh, sans CGI, as one would say. But um, the impact of it all was huge. 69 million uh, it raked mm. in at the box office back well, in the Well, it 1990s. was a, a golden age. And uh, Lisa, thank you very much thank for you reminding much. us of it. Uh, Lisa Cannon, who is a TV presenter, executive producer of Spotlight, and of course, host of our own slot, Inside Hollywood. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.